Scully, everybody, or hello. I'm Degani Anton, and this is the Get Ready Podcast. Okay, so I know it's been a while since I've uh, actually put up an episode or have done anything more recently with this podcast, but right now, we're doing it. So, let's get back into all of what we're all doing. Now, I know a couple, uh, I don't want to say it, but I guess maybe weeks ago, I put up a post talking about my keto adventure exactly how I did it or what I was doing or how I handled it so without further ado let me just kind of get into it and we'll just go from there so let's talk about that so this is my experience doing uh, keto which stands for the ketogenic diet which is a diet that's focused heavily on fats a general idea of how it works is like this when you break down the macronutrients to all this so it's Let's do it. Let's do a chart. It's like a pie. So 75% of that is going to be dedicated towards fats, which are things of that nature, like coconut oil, avocado oil, even going right down to just avocados, um, nuts, such as um, obviously almonds, walnuts, macadamia nuts, you know, cashews. Brazilian nuts, you can go through all these different sort of uh, different fats. And, you know, like then a lot of people get creative and they go extra further because uh, this is a diet that can be very boring. And I say that because it, it did. Like, I'm going to be real with everybody. It can get pretty boring. But um, before I get into more of a criticism or the cons to the ketogenic diet, let me just keep going further with it. So those are the that's the major part of your diet is you're going to be doing that. And now with the ketogenic diet, you really want to just kind of focus more on the fat part. So like I'll give you some examples. My mornings, like like say my breakfast, well, specifically to the fats is I would have coffee because the ketogenic diet you eliminate all carbohydrates are minima- minimalize it to just 5% of your entire little pie we're talking about. And you have to get rid of sugars, like all sugars, any kind of sugars. You have to just eliminate it completely, push it all away from there. And that's already another con because that includes fruit. You can't have fruit on a ketogenic diet. The natural sugars that are in there are going to uh, kick you out of that state and you will stop burning fat. But let me continue. So... With my breakfast, I usually would con- I usually would get up and have uh, five whole eggs. Now, the reason why I would have five whole eggs is for one thing, there are fats in the eggs. Uh, the yolk is completely fine; like you can have that. And I don't want anyone to think that uh, that old common myth about eggs raising your cholesterol. Because I'll tell everyone right now, I've been eating eggs for pretty much every, almost every morning for close to six years, whole eggs. And when I, when I do my yearly checkup at the doctors, my cholesterol levels are perfectly fine. So there's really no reason to fear cholesterol. That's an old myth that comes from like, geez, far back. So, but anyways, I usually would have five whole eggs, but I would Instead of using like some kind of cheap Pam or something like, you know, a canola of some sort, like in those cans, those spray cans, what I would do is I would take a tablespoon of coconut oil and that's what I would put in the pan, let it melt. Then I would put my eggs in and cook them. Usually scramble them. And at that around that same time, I would put in probably about a handful of spinach. And that's where my greens would come in. So... Uh, that's where I would kind of do my ketogenic part, or like, sorry, my greens. I'll try to put in because it's a limiting as well because you have to watch how much greens you eat because some of them contain natural carbs in them. So I would technically have it around that time where I would eat that, and that's kind of where that would fill out in the morning. That's generally all I'd eat is just eggs, spinach, cooked in the fat, and that's it. And now I know a lot of people now are thinking, well, that doesn't seem like a lot. 
the thing about this ketogenic diet, I would, like right away, I'll tell everybody that I found was it was very filling. Like I always felt full, and not where you're like you're overstuffed and Ugh, like scream like <gasps> like you know like looking for air or anything like that. Like it was just filling. I would find myself full for hours, and now I was working full time, so. I would have that probably about 7 in the morning. Like, I'd get up, I'd eat right away, and that'd be about 7 in the morning. I would eat, and that time, I would not be hungry or want to eat anything until 1 o'clock is the next time I'd actually feel like I'd want to eat something. And even on this diet, I would always kind of just listen to my body. Like, I would just say, okay, now I'm hungry, so I'd eat. So generally, between 7 till 1, I would eat. And between that, I would just be having drinking water. Uh, I would be drinking um, uh, carbonated drinks and coffee, like black, black coffee, which I'm already a fan of anyways, but I would be drinking black coffee. But I would use MCT oil, which is another supplement they would recommend just to get those extra fats in because you really want your diet, like I said, to be fatty now in the morning there's something i'd recommend anybody to do if they were going to ex try this uh, out is a warning right now uh you have to deal with the uh, ketogenic flu which can happen in the first two weeks there's a lot of things that can happen but i'm just telling you my experience of what i've went through this is what this is about and in the the first three days I was fine for the first and second, but by the third day, I started getting very lightheaded, like the like almost the whole day. So I was at work, and all of a sudden, it just hit me, like right in the afternoon, like around two o'clock. It just hit me. I started feeling very lightheaded. I started like, you know, like really needing to sit down a bit, and that was kind of the extension of the like any kind of feeling I had towards the ketogenic part, like the flu or anything. That's the only thing. I've, I didn't have any more issues after that. I was completely fine. I didn't have to worry about, like, oh, my God, like, I'm, should I stop or anything like that? Like, nothing. I was completely fine. I was okay. Nothing happened. I didn't get sick or nothing. And that's what, but sometimes some people get, everybody's different. Everybody can feel it differently. And that's what happens, though. Like, some people actually will get flu symptoms and be sick for a couple days, you know, like, they'll look like they have the flu, but that's what it's going through, but your body's trying to adapt to what you're doing, and this is very normal, like, it is normal to go through that and just be eating, like, more fats, and your body has to adapt, so there's no really, there's no real reason to worry or anything like that, it's really about it, of course, consult a doctor and a nutritionist or a dietitian to go into this, they will give you they will let you know more about it and just kind of like read on stuff yourself as well to make your own judgment and understand this stuff. But yeah, so anyways, that's what happened to me. And the first two weeks, I, after that little thing happened, um, my body fully adjusted by the, after the third week, as usually most bodies do, like it takes 21 days for your body to get into a habit, to start like getting into something. So it just naturally starts doing it more and just you keep doing it and your body gets more into it. So after three weeks, my body got into it. I started uh, just flying with it, like easily, just easily. I started like every week. I just started having like no issues having to just think about like what I'm eating or like what I'm going to be eating this day. I'm going to be eating that today. I would still meal prep and have everything going. So by that count, I've already told you about breakfast. So let me go into lunch. Now, lunch usually was some kind of red meat. I would have uh, like these boneless rib rib steaks that I'd get from uh, Costco. And the reason why is because not only does Costco probably have the best meat in all of most grocery, most grocery stores, like the, the premium meat I find is at Costco. So that price you pay is worth it, whether it's chicken, whether it's uh, beef, pork, whatever. But anyways, so I was having that. I started having these um, kind of like eat like like eating like steak, and the reason why I get those boneless rib steak things is because they're boneless. There's no rib, there's no bones in there, but they were um, like usually about five ounces, almost contained to about fifty grams of fat, as I was finding. So I was just having about five six grams, and that'd be about it. 
I was flying easy with the, with that because while with the other part with the uh, diet as well is protein, and the protein is twenty five percent. So now you got the complete thing, as I said. Seventy five percent of your diet should be fat, fats, healthy fats. Let's go. Let's start calling them healthy fats because it's not just any kind of fat you can get. I'll get into those tropes later, or what people think is like keto, but it's not. And then the other part is fats. And the, and the reason why they give fats 25% or you can raise it up to 30% and giving your um, and giving your uh, other part like, man, I'm twisting that up, ain't I? Sorry about that. 20% because the 5% goes into your carbs, as you say, or you can modify. This is the part where you can modify everything. So you can actually go 50%. Like 50% fats, 40% protein. 10% carbs, but you don't want to go down to 50% because then like, you're supposed to be focusing on the fats anyways because there's tons of people who change things. Some people even go as far as uh, just 80%, 90% fats. Like they, they change it completely. It's all up to you. There's not a real proper way to do this. And just making sure your fats are the highest thing on your, uh, you know, on your macros that you're trying to fulfill every day is you want to make sure that's the thing. Now, getting back to lunch, to the beef, both boneless, boneless beef steaks, to protein equal out into fat, and why they're so connected to each other. The reason why that the reason why that is is because red meat, you want to find a cut that's marbled with a lot of fat because that's what you're looking for. Anyways, like I said, you're looking for the fat. You're trying to get the fat. So obviously salmon is going to be a perfect and probably the absolute best choice if i'm going on keto and 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 that's just a solid reason is you're going to want to do it because it's easy to get your protein and your fats because oh and you want to make sure too you want to get um sockeye salmon sorry i was trying to think of that and the best place to get that is costco because you can get packs there now mind you the fish market changes constantly so like you never know what the price you can do. I paid sock. I paid for a pack at Costco frozen sockeye, like cuts that are already cut out to about five to six ounces per like vacuum sealed bag. But I paid prices from uh, thirty six dollars all the way to fifty two. So the the market changes. Fish always changes. The fish market always different. You never know what you're going to be paying, but that's the best place to get it. That way you can plan it out easier. That's just my opinion. Now. So anyways, so the protein and the fats are kind of something that melds and mixes together a lot better. And you can easily get around to changing, you know, like changing your fats because you want to actually go into getting more fats through the salmon, through the beef. So like anything you want to get, like a T-bone steak is actually really good. Uh, you want to lessen yourself from like, I, uh, you know, like the, um, the really like... L- non-fatty cuts like a uh, top sirloin steak isn't that it doesn't have that much fat on there it's actually i would actually say avoid it because you get the protein but you're not going to get the fats and you're also going to be cooking it in like probably like a avocado oil like is what i would normally use avocado oil and salt and pepper were probably the way i cooked every single steak easy just put it in cook them i put them in the oven to kind of get that extra after I sear it on both sides to get to like sear in the flavor and the juices, then I put it in the oven for a little bit to finish it off, and then it always came out the way I wanted it. So that was like my whole thing with steaks. I usually would have red meat, so then I'd also get the ground beef, and I'd make tacos because then you want you get your cheese because you can have that with the fat. But I don't recommend having a lot of cheese. It's good for the fat, but like don't be like depending on it. Never depend on it. And usually because I would make like some, uh, like a, like a bone, like a, I'd have no shells or anything like that. So I'd have like tacos. So I'd usually would have like a bed of spinach, once again, going with the greens. And then I would have like cheese and avocado on top of that. So that's generally what I would have for lunch most times. Something with red meat is most of the time. If I ever did get hungry for a snack, I always usually turn to like a lactose-free cheese string and uh, some almond butter if you're going to go with peanut butter you can but i recommend almond butter it's just a lot better it's a tree nut it's not a ground nut like a peanut so like it's not really the best um 
and then I find it I find it a lot easier to digest and handle and better, especially on large amounts if you were to eat that. So that's also another thing I would like I say just to consider if you're going to do it. Uh, and then dinner usually is uh, either like I said the salmon. And I would keep that simple as well. I would have to look for condiments or something I would need to use on that. Because remember, you have to look for sugar-free things. Always look for sugar-free things, no matter what it is. And there's options out there. There's great options out there. But if not, then what I would also do is I would take uh, boneless, skinless chicken thighs. Not I would not always get the boneless, skinless. Because you can eat the skin uh, when you're on a ketogenic diet because there's a lot more fat on there. But the thighs are always a fattier cut of uh, the chicken. And they're not so lean. So, like, you get more fat if you eat the uh, thighs because it's just more fatty. But when they're boneless and skinless, I would then take them, dip them in eggs, and then put them in a um, coconut flour. Sorry, uh, I would use almond flour mixed with uh, unsweetened coconut shreds. And then throw them in there and almost like a, almost like I'm going to, like, deep fry them. But I would then put them in the oven and do maybe a little bit of a coconut spray. And then put them in the oven and they crisp right up and it's like just having, you know, breaded chicken, basically. But I'm not using flour, which does have the carbohydrates you're trying to avoid. So I would use almond flour, coconut flour for that. And that's generally an entire day of what I would be eating on any, any given day. And usually my macronutrients would add up to about 2,000 to 2,100 calories a day. And I was never hungry. Like, that's one thing I'll say about the ketogenic diet is I was never, ever hungry. There's never a time where I was ever like, oh, man, like, I'm starving, but I have to wait until the next meal. Like, that is never the case. I would always be able just to like go, yeah, you know, that's good, but I'm, I'm okay. Like, I don't need to eat. Like, I'm, I'm fine. There's plenty of times, you know, I had to sadly decline food or uh, if friends are going out or something like that, I would have to say no or I can't or nothing like that. And it's not like, you know, like, um, this is going to be my lifestyle. It's just something I was doing at the moment because I wanted to. Like, I wanted to experiment. I wanted to know what it was like to be on this ketogenic diet, like, you know, for a longer period of times than two weeks. I did it before. So, okay, now let me get into this. I did the ketogenic diet before, like, maybe about a year ago. I only lasted for two weeks because I was uh, very constipated. And I needed to break that. And I didn't know what to do. So obviously that was my fault because I wasn't doing enough research to find what was wrong. So this time around, uh, one of the biggest saving graces to every morning, like when I after I'd get up, uh, every morning I would take a uh, collagen supplement. And that's just like, you know, like extra protein, good for bones, good for skin, good for teeth. You know, like it does, it does so much. Like I highly recommend taking collagen, everybody, like just adding it because I know a lot of people aren't getting it. Just like fiber, a lot of people aren't getting collagen as well. But anyways, so I would take collagen and I would take a little bit of apple cider vinegar and I would add um, this. There's a thing called Keto Vito. Uh, a company by, um, oh, geez, I'm what's kicking me now. I can't remember the name of the company, but they make this uh, Keto Vito, and that's what it's called because it's a multivitamin for keto, and that's what I was following. I was taking that, and I found that one to be very good because it tasted like something. It had like a sour gummy worm taste, so it kind of gave like a fruity kind of flavor, and I would add uh, also this other thing called spirulina. Now, spirulina is usually just like algae, green and blue algae, but it's very super high, and it's almost acting like a multivitamin. So, as I tell you this now, even I realized back, even I kind of realized near the end of the, the eight-week run, I was probably kind of overtaking maybe some vitamins, but like it didn't hurt because I wasn't getting a lot anyways through this diet, especially on greens. So, it was something that was very hard to like maintain but that drink was very helpful, and that was something that kind of keep kept me kind of like loaded with fiber because like it was hard to put in greens in my diet, and I had to worry about that. One thing I was getting a lot of was uh, cauliflower rice. I was getting that and using that, 
to make like new whatever like you know if i wanted more rice if i wanted to make like a like a stir fry keto style i could easily just like switch a few things around and use and use the cauliflower's rice and everything like that but you have to really improvise when you're on the keto diet if you're craving something it's easy to look it up online and then just find it you know whatever you're looking for you can easily find it and be like okay i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna go with this i'm gonna use that i'm gonna use this like that's how most diets are it's really about getting your body used to something i used to think that i didn't like something or i didn't like this i didn't like that for like biggest examples i'll say right now cauliflower i always complained that i never liked cauliflower but yet on the ketogenic diet i was eating it so much and some people would tell me or actually not some people it's just the way you look at it is you know are you eating in a way that you actually like to or are you just eating away because you think that's the best way to eat it like cauliflower i can't eat it plain like by itself just cold or like just you know even like sauteing it in a pan or boiling it for a little bit just like what you know i can't do that i really have to eat it any kind of other way like sounds weird to say to people right now but you can eat um like you can eat cauliflower not just rice but of course you can make pizza out of it um i've seen people make like a a kind of a taco shell out of it i've seen people make uh grilled cheeses but like they use a cauliflower bread so it's just about getting creative with how you like how creative we want to get with it to actually still eat it and it tastes great like cauliflower tastes great when you turn into something else but by itself i don't like the taste and you know it's that's kind of a way you should look at everything a little bit is if you don't like it maybe there's another way that you might accept it and like it that way as opposed to just kind of forcing yourself to like something just to like it so i don't know like i said it, it i just find it very strange that people would force somebody to eat something like that but anyways back to the ketogenic so that was generally my uh kind of everyday way of doing something i would go to sleep get up i would have my breakfast once in a while i'd have bacon i wouldn't have bacon every day but like once in a while i had bacon i'd have my egg my spinach i have my uh drink i would take that i was telling you earlier i would kind of go through all that i really started to push myself i'd have the i'd have breakfast i'd have a snack I have my coffee. Sometimes I have two, three coffees a day, but I'd only have the MCT oil, MCT oil once. I wouldn't have it a bunch of times. I would only do it so many times in a day. Then I would have my dinner. And even after dinner, I was not really hungry. Like, I'd just be kind of done. So, like, that's something I would probably push myself to do more of in just kind of, like, testing, testing it out. But the day that's regularly a day like a day of ketogenic was just that it was just me kind of doing that every day and just kind of handling it there was there was nothing that was too discomforting i guess about the diet like i didn't really have too much of issues with anything because usually i would have all the meals and food prepared and i would just take them with me as i usually do and if i got hungry then i would do it or if i need a snack or whatever but uh, coffees were pretty filling, even without the MCT oil. Um, those carbonated drinks I was just mentioning earlier, those um, really helped out as well to decurve like appetite, so I wouldn't be so hungry a lot of the times. And another part that I think people can do with the with the keto diet is they can like just experiment, try out. There's tons of books to tr- there's tons of books to actually look into. I've actually had a book before I did this diet. Um, and that just gives ideas to different kinds of coffees to try, like, you know, like different kinds of little things here and there, like wings, like chicken wings. You can eat chicken wings, but you have to have like a plain sauce. If you go to restaurants, you really have to just improvise and you can't be afraid and you just have to straight up ask a server. If I get this, can you not put the sauce on there? Can you not put the seasonings? I mean, like you have to kind of ask for certain things and you have to, that's if you want to do that. Like if you want to go out, I didn't really go out when I did it, but that's just the difference. 
So there's not a lot. I mean, okay, so let's put it this way. The pros to this diet is, and I don't want anyone to rethink that I'm telling you to do this to make it easier or nothing like that or whatever, but I will say it was easy to lose the weight. It was like once your body adapted, it, it didn't take long. It wasn't that hard. You use kind of the cheap tricks in keto to kind of get yourself excited to get in there. So using bacon a lot in the first two weeks to get yourself settled, to get yourself into it, but then wean off of it. Because you can't have bacon every day just because it says you can have bacon every day. That's not true. There's tons of other things and healthy fats that you can actually get into. But anyways, so that's just one thing. Like that's easily just one thing that you can do. But um, regarding the weight, uh, I will also say as well that even though I do work out every day, this diet, there's times I was busy, there's times I was doing stuff, and uh, kind of I made excuses, and I wouldn't go to the gym. And I still lost weight. I still lost 30 pounds in eight weeks, even if I didn't go to the gym, really at all. I did, but not a lot. So kind of wanted to see what that was going to be like, and I did, like, I don't know how much more weight I would have lost if I still worked out six times a week and really pushed myself in there. I probably would have lost even more poundage. But like as a person who is a person who is really active most of the time, I decided not to be active and I still lost the weight. But I, you probably lose more if you would to add a serious plan to that. And, you know, like I said, there's never times where I felt like I was depleted or lost energy. That's one thing. So like I did have energy. My mind did feel clear. I did lose that weight. I felt better. But, you know, the food-wise, it was boring. And, I mean, I'm saying this to you. I'm saying this to everybody. As a chef, I was bored. Because there's so many things you can have. And, you know, when you're with your partner or somebody or family, you see them eating these varieties of foods and everything they want. And I can't. Like, I wanted a french fry. I wanted a taco with a shell, you know, the crunch. I love tortilla chips. I would have loved to have, you know, guacamole and salsa and tortilla chips and so many things. But I couldn't. I just couldn't. And that was the problem. I wanted fruit. Like, I seriously wanted pineapples. I wanted watermelon, strawberries, blueberries. But I couldn't. And that's the thing about this diet is it really restricts you on a lot of things. And you may think, oh, it's easy to get on and everything like that. Sure, it can be. But to be honest, I don't see this as a lasting lifestyle forever. Like, to do it for, like, such a long time. It's still, to me, I personally still find it more better choice to be omnivore and eat everything. Have everything. You know, you can have a bit of everything. But still be, uh, you know, mindful of what you're eating and how much you're eating of it, portion sizes, everything. Like, it's very important to think that. Do not overeat on anything. doesn't matter what it is. Like, be mindful of it, that's all. Because I know it's over. It's easy to overeat on anything. But anyways. So, I like I said, I just wanted to, like, kind of go over that, have that update with you, and talk about all this and see how it kind of went. It is something I believe that you know if you wanted to try give it a try you want to try it out try it out but like i said it's 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 fun it can be uh when it comes to meal prepping you don't have to think about a lot of stuff because you don't have to make a lot of things because you know why do you there's not a lot of stuff to make you just gotta like make the you just gotta make some veggies some some meat and you got it all ready to go and you know but overall like i said there's not really much to worry about when it comes to meal prepping like and i think i purposely didn't do the exercise because i didn't i didn't have to like i'm just be real with everybody i didn't have to do it so that's why i think i didn't do it but you know like i said it's any way you want to put it the ketogenic diet for eight weeks was good but yeah like i said it was boring didn't really come off that great sometimes. Um, 
I wanted to eat stuff out of not because I was craving it, but because I was bored of what I was eating. And I think there's a couple things people need to think about if they're going to do it. Breakfast sausage has a lot of sugar in there. I'm just going to be real. And there is sausage you can get, but this is why it's important to not only research everything you can about if you're going to, especially if you're going to be eating something a lot and totally changing your diet, researching a lot of the food because this is where nutrition facts and this is where ingredients are super, super like, you know, important when it comes to anything that you're doing, especially health wise, because you really shouldn't be looking at nutrition facts and monitoring your calorie intake to if like, well, we'll use a keto diet because we are was just what I was doing. Uh, monitoring the fats and there are several ways to look at it because you're going to be looking at the fat seeing the fat content and then like okay i got a max i'm trying to get that up and then you want to make sure that there's no sugar in there you want to get rid of sugar entirely and make sure there's no carbohydrates in or whatever and if you do i always recommended that you would keep your carbohydrates to 25 to 30 grams a day and it actually did match. To me, I usually got to just under 30 every day. Under 30 grams of carbs every day. And I wasn't even eating anything that was like typically, typically, sorry, you'd see with carbs in or like bread or like some kind of low carb bread. I do that quotations or like some kind of like low carb pasta or something like that. I had nothing, none of that. I would just eat, you know, normally whatever and that's it. So a lot of veggies is where my carbohydrate count went up because if I ate some sort of vegetables, that's where it would go up. Whether there's asparagus, cauliflower rice, you know, those are two major things I would usually kind of snack on because carrots have a high have tendency to have a high sugar count. So yeah, that's where I would kind of like push it to say like that's generally where you have to look at the nutrition facts to see like all that and making sure you can make see that if something has fiber they usually put fiber under carbohydrates meaning that the net carbs so let's put it this way you go to eat something right and let's say it has 10 grams of carbs and you're like that's a lot of carbs i don't think i should eat that you look at the product the nutrition facts and you get to see that under under carbohydrates on it there'll be dietary fiber or fiber or whatever. And if it says eight, you take the carbohydrates and you put that number there and you take eight away. So then you're down to two carbs per serving on whatever you're eating. And there you go. Your net carbs is only two. It's not actually 10. It's only two because of the fiber in there is taking it down. That's something you need to always be looking on the look for if you're going to do, if you're going to eat something and the ingredients <coughs> Sorry, the ingredients are the next thing that's important. And the reason why I say that is because it's important to look at it and see what's in there. Now, I'm going to have to make another list or change it because it's way too long to get into. And it's a whole other topic in itself when it comes to ingredients and food. But just be very mindful of sugar, any type of sugar. Like, look into it because... You're going to be finding that there are so many names for sugar, but they just change it. So you're going to have to really be like, okay, so make sure just no sugar in there whatsoever. Like, you have to really look at it. And these are products that are, you know, sometimes you have to always look at it. If it says keto safe, you should probably still look at the nutrition facts to even um, the ingredients. Because sometimes I found some products that were saying, you know, keto friendly. No, that's not saying it's made for keto. It's just saying, oh, it's friendly. So if you're on a ketogenic diet, you can eat this. And sometimes the carbs are still like six or seven or even nine, I've found on some products. And I was like, well, that's not really keto friendly. Because even the diet, even the fiber wasn't helping bringing it down. And there was still sugar in there. So it just, it really came off strange to me. I just find that I didn't even, you know, eat the product or take it at all. Because like, it just seemed kind of like it wasn't that friendly at all. So it's important to look at those two things at all times. 
and then research and look at it and see like I can eat this, can I eat that? And the reason why I recommend that you do the the mat, the, do all the research to get all that work ready because then you can write a list of everything, you know, make a big list of everything you can eat. So when you go on grocery, when you go on a grocery list, sorry, grocery shopping, you have a list. Not that you're gonna buy everything all the time, but if your meal plan sets it that you're going to have steak one day chicken and then salmon and then you know like you kind of rotate around having eggs one day one one morning eggs and bacon another morning you kind of have it so it's all set and planned and ready to go that you know what's there what you can eat what you can make out of it and then you make another list of stuff that like yeah you can have now and then and then another list of just not eating it not gonna have it like breakfast sausage uh ham a lot of lunch meat you can't eat that on keto if you're going to have anything, just make it yourself. If you're going to do pulled pork, just take a shoulder and make it yourself. Don't don't risk buying a pulled pork already made and having a sugary barbecue sauce put on there already. That's all. I'm just saying, like I said, like I said, just be mindful about what you're eating. It's because it's you know we can all make excuses about I'm too busy or I can't do that right now or I don't have enough time in the day or. You know, a lot of people like to make excuses, which, you know, that's part of stopping and getting yourself back on track is just cutting the excuses and saying, I make the time, you know, time doesn't, I don't like, I don't have to bother on by its rules. You can do what you want. A lot of people, like I said, just will do what they can to get out of it. And it's natural because people are living in that state right now, but then they, when they change, they can find that they can do what they want by just, you know, making the best of their days and opening up with whatever they can and then using every minute to hour of the day to their advantage of what they want to do, whether it's getting up and working out and then directly going grocery shopping and then meal planning and boom, that's all done even before lunch happens. And you still ate your breakfast. You're still eating lunch. You're still on track eating just normally because I guess are eating healthier because like I said, once you get on a path where you can start like you don't have to think gosh can i eat that or should i eat that you just get up and you just eat your eggs you're not really thinking about it you're just eating the food that your body craves i guess one of the best ways of saying it is i heard the saying that you eat food that your body loves you know that not that you love but your body loves so whether that's avocados that's salmon you know, that's dark leafy greens, that's, you know, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, whether you can put in your salad, you know, health, you know, great uh, fats such as extra virgin olive oil. You can put on stuff, you know, like fresh lemons, like all that stuff. Your body loves this stuff. Your body uses it to optimize your health. So if you're going to work out, you're going to work, you're going to go through a work day, you're like fully energized and you have all this. You don't have these sugary cat crashes from these cheesy processed foods that you know some people consider to be more convenient there's nothing convenient about it you're trading your health for quotationally saying convenient food that's the problem so you have to be very mindful of what you're eating and you have to do the best you can so um I'm kind of glad we uh, had this time together and I was able to do this uh, podcast with everybody. I hope you guys like this. And I'm going to continue to try and do my best to go out with doing more. Um, I have people in mind I would love to have back on the podcast because, you know, there's some people I've had on here that I just love talking to and love hanging around and being with. And then there's new people that I think that would, I think a lot of you as I listen to would enjoy hearing new people and, you know, like, let me put it this way. Because I'm on here, I might as well explain it. Because I, for the new people just listening, the point of doing this podcast was just to talk to people and get stories of people. One of my favorite things in the entire world is meeting new people and just hearing them talk about themselves. I love it when people talk about themselves because that means a couple things. One, they're comfortable around me. And two, I love hearing about someone's life their stories, stuff they've went through, stuff they've been through. I don't ever find that boring. I find that intriguing. That is some of the most interesting stuff that I just love hearing. Like, I love talking down, sitting just talking. If 
if I just sat there for hours and somebody just talked to me about themselves, I don't think this person's self-centered or, you know, narcissist or nothing. I just sit there and listen and go, wow, like, this is amazing. Like, they're telling me their life story. And I, I always love it. Like, I've never found somebody who was boring. I've always found people to be very interesting because everybody lives an interesting life. And I just love hearing people's stories. So that was the whole point of this. And I've always thought maybe that that would translate well to a podcast. And a lot of times it has. I've talked to people that have tell them, have told me great stuff, as you've heard on the podcast. And I've talked to people who just come on here and like want to share one specific part of their life. Or if they're like, you know, talking about something they're, they're doing, like they're either promoting or they're, you know, part of their job or whatever. That's one of the reasons why I like it's so cool and amazing that I get to like listen to these people and they get to tell me and then I get to show everyone who's listening like whoever's listening to these podcasts if you, if you like them then yeah that's great because that's the whole point of it is I just wanted to talk to anybody I can and anybody who wanted to be on here so like if you ever wanted to be on here that's great like I don't know why people are shy I think everybody has great stories that everybody else would like to hear and it's always just part about loving everybody Everyone who came on here before, love them. And it's just, like I said, such a fantastic thing. I love doing it. I love talking to people. I love meeting new people. Um, so, if you like, and let's be real. If you want to be on the podcast, shoot me an email at getready.com. Actually, no, sorry, that's wrong. It's get ready at gmail.com get ready with two r's at gmail.com and then we can talk and more information we can go all over talk about what you talk about anything topics whatever you just want to be on here and hang out we can be on here and hang out you want to try it out try it out because like i said this is the whole point of this i love doing these podcasts too i love just talking health food my journey through it health and nutrition I just love talking about this stuff, man. Like, this is just something I could do all day. Now, obviously, I wish I could be doing more cooking classes because, you know, I love showing people cooking. Cooking is definitely a skill that people shouldn't have to pay for, but people should just know. So, let me give a little bit, let me give a background a little bit on myself. If you're new to the podcast, let me just tell you. I am a professionally trained chef. I went to St. Clair College to get my culinary management diploma. And, you know, through that time from uh, learning, from going to school and learning everything, I just slowly started to, um, actually, I'm not going to do the fast part. Let me just tell you, um, back when I finished school, I got hired. As soon as I got, as soon as I finished school in St. Clair College, I came back to London. I immediately got, almost got, immediately got a job at the long-term care home in Oneida. During that time from... Uh, basically the end of August, right till December, I put on about like 25 pounds and that scared me. That really scared me because I was thinking, man, I'm putting on weight really fast. Not really thinking too much of the, uh, long-term effects that it could have on my body or like, uh, I just thought about diabetes right away. Like I'm putting on too much weight. I'm getting heavy. I could get diabetes, sugar. I'm eating a lot of sugar stuff like that. So in the, in 2012, I went to go work out at a uh, at the the gym near me. It's a free gym where I live. Um, it's I started going there, but I started learning, like slowly learning about bodybuilding. And I was just using bodybuilding as a template to kind of get exercise and stuff, but reading about it. Now I was always a fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger and his workouts is stuff I started to learn and to understand and go into more. Uh, I started getting carried away with it a little bit, and but little did I know getting carried away with it wasn't meaning because I was desperate to try and lose the weight, but it's because I was having fun. I started lifting weights and like finding it fun to go to the gym and to move heavy shit. Like just to pick weights up, doing like bench, you know, doing deadlifts, doing squats squants, uh, lunges, you know, curls, tricep, you know, dips, skull crushers, pull-ups, sit-ups, planks, you name it. Like, just 
doing all these doing all this stuff was just fun to me. I was just doing it because it was fun. I was I stopped stop I stopped stopped going there with the idea of thinking, oh I have to lose weight, I have to lose weight, I have to lose weight and I started going there every day because I just thought it was fun. I would go there even when I was super sore. What body part isn't sore today? Okay, I'll work that out because the rest of my body's sore. It was just these it was just something that just became a fun pastime. After work I'd be telling people, I can't wait to go to the gym. I can't wait to go to the gym and it just it started becoming that. And that's exactly what happened. Um, kind of into a year, I lost 30 pounds, but I hit a plateau. And I started thinking, like, you know, through the year of 2012 was me just experimenting with weights, experimenting with how to understand it, you know, the, the logic behind it, reading all the materials I can. But by the end of 2012, so after almost a year of doing it, in 2013 is when I started saying, I really need to start eating better. And understanding that a lot more, like really taking it seriously, and that's when I started like meal prepping and understanding that, and like really getting into food and everything like that. And that was just another, say like another door that opened up, and it just I didn't understand how much fun that was to do to not just eat healthy, but just to do healthy cooking. And that was the whole point. Like, then I started just, like, combining the two, and it just became so much fun. Like, taking something that people consider, like, you know, like, oh, I love pizza. I'm like, well, have you tried pizza other ways? Have you tried eating pizza, you know, with making it out of the crust out of chickpeas? Like, you know, using chickpeas as the base and, like, really changing that, the cauliflower crust, the sweet potato pizza crust. Like, you can change a lot of stuff for better like i want to eat more healthy it doesn't have to be boring so like you can do this and this and this and that's part of just what makes it so much fun and a lot of people i think really need to experience that more and that's where i find cooking and showing when i started cooking doing cooking classes and showing people that's where i was finding another love of just showing people and seeing people get the joy out of cooking, like learning and then understanding it and seeing the finished product. And I always tell people, you know, don't worry if it doesn't look good the first time because you're just learning it. Anytime you're learning something new, expect to fail. But that doesn't mean you're bad at it or you're terrible. It means you're learning. And you have to look at it positively in saying that, yeah, I failed at something. But it's because I'm doing something new. It's because I'm trying something new. You know, like that's the whole point of just failing. I don't, I try to, I try to look at like I failed at something is a horrible thing. I try to look at things like I failed, but I'm going to try again. I failed at that, but I'm going to try that again. I failed at that, and I'm going to try that again. And you keep doing it because being repetitive means also too that if you keep trying your discipline to do it again and doing it again and that's just part of like a mindset that you build into yourself in order to get better at things and that's exactly how i tried my absolute best to live where like if i fail at something i just have to get better at it, it means you know you have to work harder to go on you have to just get better i will always try and push myself to be better at whatever i'm trying to do it doesn't matter what it is because, like, I don't like to live in a negativity of anything. I, you know, I try not to, like, be into the, the gossips or anything like that. Like, I try to always have fun. When I'm with my friends, I try to just have fun. Make, make you know, make, make, just make a joke out of something that's happening bad. Not because I'm making fun of it, but because I, I want to laugh. It's easy to get caught up into something so negative when, like, you want to go there. And I know a lot of people want to go there. There's a lot of, th- there's a lot of things in life I believe are choices. And a, almost, almost every single human emotion, I believe, can be summed up to, like, being our own choice. We can let ourselves go there. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be sad and you know it's okay and it's definitely great to be happy all the time but those other emotions are normal it's good to have them as long as we don't live our life living in sadness which leads to depression you know or we live in anger which can lead us to hating people and pushing people away 
we don't want to live with anxiety. And that's something that happens. But we have to learn to understand what it is, what causes it. A lot of these emotions, a lot of these feelings, a lot of the things we can go through can also indicate into how we feed our bodies. If we're putting processed, sugary, crappy food in our bodies, you have to look at it just like a... Just, you have to look at yourself just like a... a uh, almost like a sports car. You have to put the best fuel in there in order for that thing to go and to continue to keep moving forward and to win races. But if you keep putting the cheap stuff, if you keep cutting corners, if you don't ever invest into it and put the best you can into that vehicle, you're never ever even going to get off the practice track. You're always just going to be wondering, could I have ever won that race? Instead of actually just going for it and investing into yourself. It's never a bad thing to look at something and say, yeah, I could use that to better myself. Because part of the motivation you should have in order to get better at anything is if you have a family, then you have the easiest motivation in the world. You have a wife or a partner. You have kids. You should be able to look at them and just say, I'm going to get better for them. Whether it's to get healthier, whether it's to lose weight, whether it's to get a better mind, a good mind, you know, like, it should just be for that. Easily. And that's something you should be able to always look at. We should all have a good mind, and we should always, always, always look on the brighter side of things. There's no point being angry or sad about nothing. Let's all stay positive, let's all stay happy, and let's all love each other. I love all of you that are listening. Just know that. If you haven't heard it today, I love you. I truly do. Give you a hug too, if I could. So, let's just pretend my voice is giving your ears a hug. Felt good, didn't it? <laughs> no, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Anyways, so, um, I hope, I hope you guys really enjoyed this one. Uh, I plan to come back, like I said before, and just really, really grasp onto more podcast episodes. I love doing this. I love talking to you guys. And I hope you guys love listening to these as much as I love making them. And one more time, if you want to be on the podcast, all you have to do is email me at getready at gmail.com. Get ready with two R's at gmail.com. And I will gladly set up any way I can so you can get on the podcast. My uh, studio is portable. I can bring it with me and meet you somewhere or anywhere. So I hope this is all fantastic and fun. And I hope you are having a great time, a great day. And I hope you are living life to the fullest. And I, like I said before, I love yous and I hope yous are doing good. Alrighty, that's all for now. And until next time, people, yogiwa. Goodbye.